Welcome back, listeners, to another wonderful episode of Float, Float Your, Your Boat. Boat. And, of course, I'm George Sabados. And I'm Brett Pattinson. Now, Bretty boy, who do we have on today? Someone in your past field. Correct. Her name's uh, Laurel Laurel Chiton, mm. and she has a movie out called... One Last Drop. One Last Drop. George, I've got a question for you. Yes. Which will lead me into Laurel's story. Mm. You're in the coffee game, for instance. Mm. If you drink too much coffee and you're not a coffee drink, drinker, what yes. happens? Well, you, you you tend to, your heart starts to palpitate. You might end up with a throbbing headache and and, um, and feel very jittery and, and uncomfortable. And you might not be able to sleep well. And maybe a little bit of possibly uh, stomach upset. Oh, without um, a doubt, diarrhea. Um, you know, need to need to um, just unsettled. Homeopathy. That that was always my way of explaining homeopathy to people. Yeah, you know, I should I should know the the um, definition of the word since I do um, know that it's it has Greek origins, and I should uh, be able to break it down. But but initially, uh, you know, in the past when I heard the word being spoken, homeopathy, I just thought it was a, like a home remedy, like homeopathy. I thought that was, I didn't give it much thought, to be honest, and I had never have. Yeah, well, homeopathy's uh, getting back to the coffee thing is if you've got a set of symptoms like the coffee symptoms you talk about, Yeah. if I gave you homeopathic coffee, yeah. which is actually a remedy, if the dose is right and if the symptom picture fits right, it will get rid of those symptoms. Like treating uh, like an overdose on, on of caffeine with caffeine? Correct. Well, if, that was in the symptom, if that was in the symptom picture, hmm. and that's a simplified version of it. If you came into me and you said, I've got these symptoms, it includes throbbing headache, dizziness, heart palpitations, diarrhoea, hmm. I would possibly think, well, maybe a coffee is the remedy I need to dispense to you as a homeopath. Like I, like I said to you, I haven't given it much thought over the years. Um, I have heard it mentioned, but I just put it down to, well, it's a bit of white man's magic and it's nothing to really um, write home about. Not serious. It's not like conventional medicine where you can get definable outcomes. Um, is that true? That's true. And um, I stopped practicing after quite, you know, quite a few years of practice. Um, you know, the thing that people don't understand about homeopathy is it, it, it takes four to six years to actually study it. Um, it's, wow. not, it's not a subject you learn in two weeks and you get a piece of paper. You have to do all the anatomy and physiology around that. You have to do nutrition. You have to do counselling. It's a hard degree. It's not... Really? Uh, yeah. I'm and, just wondering how you passed. I don't know. I don't, I'm actually not sure. <laughs> that just, wow, you've just stunned me. You're, you're secretly brilliant. <laughs> secretly brilliant. I don't know about that. But anyway. Um, but, uh, it's a secret to everyone else as well. That's it. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, and I stopped practising eventually because I st- I, my entrepreneurial love sort of kicked in and I had to, I had to do something. I wanted to do more. Um, but I used to call myself a witch, witch doctor because I was unsure why homeopathy worked. Right. Um, but I saw it work a lot. Um, I f- managed, I ended up focusing on chronic fatigue syndrome was my main um, area of expertise. Mm. Um, You're still not over it. I'm still chronically fatigued. But beer <laughs> fixes that, George. <laughs> what a simple homeopathy re- remedy. Hey, George, homeopathic remedy. Can you spell homeopathy? Yeah. H-O-M-E-O. No. P- nope. H-O-M. Homeopathy. Homoeopathy. Oh. Oh, H-O- that's in... Ho- H-O-M-O-E-O-P-A-T-H-Y. Oh, really? Mm, yes. Everybody just, spells it wrong. Just flunk Even the spelling homeopaths bee. spell it wrong. I've just flunked anyway. the spelling bee. But tell us about our guest today. Laurel Chiton has um, spent, well, she'll tell you in the, in the she'll tell us in the interview, but mm. she has spent many years, um, she started as a sceptic. Yeah, um, as most people would, I presume. It, including myself, including you. Um, right. Most people start as sceptics, but she has spent a great deal of years putting this film together. 
And she's a very passionate woman about this movie. She's travelling the world, getting this movie out there, and um, as she'll, I, I, she will in the interview, tell us all about that. Let's get her on. Let's get her on. Float Your Boat podcast about how everyday people created their road to success. The highs, the lows, pitfalls and potholes and how they overcame it all. And now, here are your hosts. This morning, George, we have Laurel and Laurel's all the way in Adelaide. Laurel Chiton, yes. Yes, and uh, we're going to talk about her new movie. And that spooky business called Homeopathy. Which we'll talk about, uh, just so you know, and uh, good morning, Laurel, by the way. Good yes. morning. Good morning, Laurel. And Thank I, you for joining us. I just thought I'd, my pleasure. I thought I'd start by saying I was a, a homeopath in one of my former, former lives, mm. and um, I still have my uh, dispensary at home. Um, mm. I don't practice anymore. I still um, uh, dispense for my wife and children and sometimes family and friends, mm. but um, so I have a, a little bit of a background, but uh, yeah, it's would a, anyone would you know the etymology of the word? Yeah, sure. Uh, you want to you want to start with that question? Why don't we? Why well, don't we? What's the uh, what's the me- meaning of the word homeopathy? Uh, I'm glad you asked about the word and not try to explain what homeopathy is, which would probably take up the entire <laughs> your show. It's so complicated. But the word itself, it actually is a I believe Greek word. And homeo meaning people, and patho meaning suffering. So it really means similar suffering. I mean, that's the literal translation of it. Um, If you really explain the concept of homeopathy, it's based on the premise of let like treat like. Like yours. and, And the most simple way I actually can explain it is what causes symptoms in someone who's healthy will cure a similar set of symptoms in somebody who is sick. So that's right. the basic premise of the homeopathic concept. Right, because I looked up I looked up the meaning of the word homeopathy in the dictionary yeah. and it uh, and it said uh, that it was a system of complementary medicine in which ailments are treated by minute doses of natural substances that in larger amounts would produce a set of symptoms. symptoms of the ailment. Now, that to me, when I read that, I thought, well, that means that if you're suffering uh, food poisoning, you would introduce elements of that toxic substance into your into your body. Is that correct to treat the well, symptoms? I mean, yeah, I mean, well, it's basically that concept. Somebody talks about it in my film, which is a, it, it's this one little line, but it's what people really relate to. He says it's basically like a vaccine. So in, in a lot of ways, it works on a similar principle, but the difference with vaccines is vaccines are targeted for one specific thing. Right. In this, in homeopathy, it's basically, from what I understand, it's that the remedy that is given to you, your body recognizes it, and somehow it creates some kind of reaction from your system. I mean, you could call it your immune system or your healing system in your body that actually triggers your body to then heal itself. Because why people get sick is that they're they're off balance. Something is off. People are supposed to be healthy. So Laurel, We're not supposed um, to get sick, so it just tries to get your body back in balance. Yes. So Laurel, what led you to do, to decide to do this movie? I guess that's yes. a, a good starting point with this, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, I always say, what insanity means. <laughs> I mean, the real story. Since I have a bit of time, I can hook into my storytelling mode is that um, I never want to ever make another film. And I always, (laughs) every film I say, I'm done and nobody believes me. But it's a bit like falling in love. And you say, I'll never do that again or I'll never be involved with another lawyer again. And and there's something bigger that kind of takes over and forces you to do something. And it always truly feels like I'm falling in love when I start a film. And, wow. and I go kicking and screaming, and I realize I, I have to follow this path. So it was a bit like that. Um, I, 
I was a big skeptic of homeopathy, um, as most people start, and I actually knew quite a bit about homeopathy, enough to be quite skeptical. And then I um, was living in, also I was very influenced, I was living in Boston, Massachusetts in the United States, which I call a medical mecca, where it has all the, you know, it's a very strong medical community and very conservative um, conventional medical community. And I have made films, a couple of films that have been embraced by that community and that are shown at, one of them is part of the Harvard Medical School curriculum for one of their classes in neurobiology or neurodisease. So I was very influenced by that mindset. And that mindset is very critical of the idea of homeopathy. So then I moved to another place in which is called Santa Fe, New Mexico, which is a more progressive kind of a woo-woo place to live. Hmm. And a friend of mine um, was sick, and she was headed out to Los Angeles to go see this MD homeopath. And I remember at the time just thinking, my God, she's wasting her time. Why is she doing this? And you know what? She got better. Not completely better, but better enough that I paid attention. And I had a chronic condition that nothing helped. And it was very episodic. It would come and go. And I said, I'm going to try, actually, to see this guy. And I was feeling, actually, at that point, quite desperate that this is it for me. If this doesn't work, I don't know what I'm going to do. So I went to see this MD homeopath. And he it really was him and how he looked in health and illness that really turned my head around. And I remember specifically getting that that it was not about the connection between the, the mind-body connection, but it was mind-body actually one and the same. And and truly how he, you know, if you ever talk to a homeopath when you really hear them talking about how they treat illness, it's somewhat mind-blowing. And that changed things for me. And he was talking specifically about working with autism. And you have to remember, this was eight, nine years ago. And back then, there was not that much being done with autism. There were some behavioral techniques and dietary suggestions. But he was actually working with autism and helping autistic kids get better. And and he he really wanted that word out about that. And he said, you know, get better, make a film about this. And I always joke and say, doctor's orders. But I did get feel better. And I said, what kind of film were you thinking about? And he he was telling me more about how he looked at autism and the remedies he was using. And I said, find me a family that has shot on video footage. And he found me this family that ended up being in the film. So that was the start. And then I I was hooked. Then Mm -hmm. I was fascinated. And I have to say, you know, in the nine years of working on this film, I've never lost that fascination. And then it went from there. And then that wasn't quite enough. Then I had to... What's the next step? Well, in America, nobody knows what it is. So I started talking about the history of homeopathy in America. And I was thinking the film was going to be for an American audience. And then I heard about the big controversy happening in England. And now I found myself in England. And like, oh, my God, this is a bigger story. And then it got bigger. And then it went all the way to Australia. It certainly did. Um, um, Laurel, I have a question for you. Um, So it's... It's based on introducing um, minute doses of natural substances, and, and no, not necessarily. Not necessarily. That well, that was going to be my question. Yeah, yeah go ahead, keep going. Can it be any substances? Any uh, substance. Any. So even presumably very toxic substances. Yes, and 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 actually, let me just qualify a bit of what you said. Is it's not always minute. The real concept of uh, the real. Um, one of the laws of homeopathy is let like treat like, and it actually can still be in its crude substance. So it's not always minute doses. If you really, really understand homeopathy, it could be as simple as you burn your hand and you put it in um, cool, in, in lukewarm water as opposed to cold water. Um, and that's actually a homeopathic principle. That so, very but homeopathy, why it's so controversial, is that it actually, what Hahnemann, Samuel Hahnemann, back in the 1800s realized, is, and what he developed is that when he would dilute the remedies, uh, because he was getting toxic, you know, getting side effects from people that were, when he was experimenting, he kept trying to dilute them, and he found that he could keep going and keep going and keep going, and it still maintained a, an imprint or, or a message in the in the water, and it was still getting results. 
So that's part of why it, you know, it kept getting diluted. But it's not, it's not just dilutions. It's dilutions and what's shaking or what they call succussions. So that's how remedies are made. So back to your question about, um, yes, that they do make remedies out of everything and anything. It's mostly from natural substances. That's where it started. But now that we live in a modern world and they're creating a lot more remedies, there are remedies that are made from things like, um, I heard one yesterday, something made from cortisone because someone had a very bad reaction to having taken cortisone. So that's what somebody told me the story last night. And that's a perfect example of they actually made a homeopathic remedy of cortisone to introduce that to this person's body so that their body can actually start to heal. So they're, they're remedies are made from really anything and everything. So um, I think from memory, Hahnemann started his journey because his son was unwell with polio, I think. Was that the case? Oh, that's really great that you know that. I think as children, we, we talked in the film. You haven't seen the film, right? No, no. Oh, no. okay. We talked in the film, and there's a line where he says, first of all, to back up a little bit, he was an MD, and he was hmm. you know, kind of a very gifted MD living in Germany, and he got so fed up with conventional medicine at that time because it was bloodletting and mercury and, and people were getting worse. And he says, we're killing people. I'm not doing this anymore. And, and then what really pushed him over the edge is when his own, he says, my own flesh and blood, this wonderful quote, and if you wait a minute, I'll find it. And he says, surely there must be a way of healing the sick. And he cried out to God, you know, how can you let our children suffer? And that was really what I call his dark night of the soul that pushed him into really trying to find a solution to, to helping people. Yeah, it's quite amazing um, that he took, back in those days, he took those, that bold step to um, snub his nose in a way at the conventional uh, medicine of the day. No, it was quite, that was quite. I mean, very controversial. I mean, it was the beginning of the flourish, uh, the beginning of the Western medicine movement. Yes. Well, let me let me just interrupt you. It actually technically is a Western medicine because he came from Germany. Yes, right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Everybody makes that mistake. So it's not. So it, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Because originally, I, I I thought it would have come from the mystical lands of India or, yeah, or, that's right. Everybody or China. Does. I'm always correcting people. So well, it actually technically is a Western medicine. Yeah. Right. Right. So so in a way, it's like um uh, um you know, going back in history, um there were. In ancient times, there were kings and queens that used to drink uh, very diluted potions of poison, snake, snake, uh, toxic mm-hmm. snake venom, uh, that, but just to become immune to poisoning. So it's a similar approach or a similar philosophy. Well, it, it could be. And actually, I just found the quote that I want to read to you. But, I mean, here's the thing. Hahnemann was, when he first started doing his experiment with um, Peruvian bark, um, I don't know if you want me to explain this the actual history of how it started. Um, But he recognized what he called the law of similars, and he knew about it from paresthesis. It's not a new concept. But what he did is he took that, what what was a law that he actually saw in action, and then developed in the system of one lifetime a whole system of medicine, which is also pretty amazing. In one person's lifetime, he developed a system of medicine that's still being used today. But the quote that I'm going to give you is, Here's, this is really, it's, it's a little bit of a, an editorialized of Hahnemann's words, but I found it from a book that he wrote, and it says, the thought of becoming a murderer towards the life of my fellow human beings was terrible to me. And then he said, in time, serious illnesses endangered the lives of my children, my flesh and blood, and mm-hmm. there was no means on which I could rely for affording them relief. And now, a word from our sponsors. This is about the 400th take, listeners. <laughs> this is our, this is our um, for a male sponsor, Mungrel Joe's. Yes, Mungrel Joe's. So, hey, Brett, what keeps you going? I'm not sure what you're implying. I don't like where your mind's going with this one, Brett, but uh, without getting personal, there are many times I need a hit, and not from a bus. What keeps me going is a steaming hot cup of coffee, and not just any coffee. Ah, you must be talking about Mungrel Joe's. Yeah, our proud sponsor. Yes, that deep, rich, tasty and fulfilling coffee that perks you up, puts lead in your pencil, makes you glisten and puts hairs on your chest. But what does it do for men? Boom, boom. <laughs> it brings out the mongrel in you. <laughs> God, seriously, folks. Seriously, folks, Mungrel Joe's. <laughs> That's my line. No, That's your line. <laughs> Mungrel Joe's is the best 
taste experience ever. It's 100% Australian, and not only is it a performance coffee, it's strong and smooth. Like me, of course, George. <laughs> it's the greatest coffee on earth. The world's greatest coffee. Is it really? <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. Jump online at mongreljoes.com.au and give it a shot. Excuse the pun. No, no, no. You didn't have to say that. Well, it's you printed it on the page. You're George. on. You're on fire, Brent. I am on. We fire. could have scratched that out. And just for our listeners to put, put it, put in a discount code. Float your boat and you'll get a special discount on your first order. Remember that it's float your boat, one word. If you love coffee, you should try Mungle Joe's. I'm telling you folks, aside from this great script that George wrote. <laughs> and it was so obvious you were reading it. <laughs> yes, George, it was. <laughs> anyway, listeners, Mungle Joe's, it's, it's the best. about like his Hahnemann's aha moment mm -hmm. is he gave up practicing medicine. Um, and we explain this in my film so people can go watch the film. We, mm -hmm. we explained it very beautifully with animation, but he gave up practicing medicine because he thought it was causing more harm than good. And because he was a linguist as well, he was also a chemist, I have to add. And um, he was, he was, he started translating um, textbooks and a lot of them were medical textbooks. And he was asked to do this very big, this man who wrote these medical textbooks called William Cullen, and he was asked to translate his book of remedies. And in translating it, he had, and Cullen had written that, that Peruvian bark uh, caused fevers because, um, helped fevers because it is bitter, and which is quinine. Quinine is made from Peruvian bark. And he said, well, this doesn't make any sense because there's a lot of substances that are bitter. And they were saying, you know, bitter, bitter in the system, somehow it would help with, with the symptoms of malaria. And so because he didn't want to translate something that he didn't actually know, he said, well, I actually want to investigate this. So what made him actually try to ingest it? I haven't really been able to find a source as to what made him do that. But he actually took Peruvian bark and he ingested over several days and he started developing the symptoms of intermittent fever, which are the symptoms of malaria. And so he had, and he said, my feet, fingers, hands became cold, my heart began to palpitate, and he discontinued it and his health came back. And that was his eureka moment and he realized that when taken, when a substance that can cause the symptoms, which is in himself as a healthy person, it caused the symptoms of intermittent fever that's associated with malaria, it will cure them. Yes. Yeah, that so. was the start. And then he said, hmm, let me try it with this substance. Let me try it with this substance. And, and he, over the course of many decades, he ended up what he called proving, which is a German word for testing, 99 remedies. And he would do it with his family and his friends, and then he had students. And he would start with healthy people and give in with a true double blind. He right. had no idea what the substance was going to do. So and people he gave it to them, and he said, "Document your reaction." So people and he then put together his own what's called a materia medica, so that if a substance causes these symptoms, a person that has those kinds of symptoms, similar, not the same, but similar, remember it's similar suffering, it potentially will cure them. So and that was the beginning of homeopathy. So Laurel, people stopped inviting him to parties. I take it. So people stopped inviting him to parties because... Talk about, yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> well, he also, I mean, he, he was caused a, a bit of his own problem because he just was, <laughs> I heard stories that, you know, he just was so out there and so against the medical profession, you know, the, the conventional medical, medical profession. He attacked them. And if you look at the beginning of his first book on the Organon, the first edition, mm -hmm. he basically is, is, you know, he's slamming the... the the, what did he call the Allopathic, yeah. Allopathic. No, but he called them the regulars or the, right, um, right. You know, I mean, whatever it was, the conventional medicine. The actual name is escaping me right now. But, um, but he, you know, he really was attacking them. And he says, your system of medicine is wrong and it's hurting people and mine is right. 
And he had developed a whole system, you know, a whole theory of how the body heals. And it took off like gangbusters. I mean, people were hungry for it. And the book was translated into, I think, 33 different languages, and it went around the world. And that, that homeopathy completely spread around the world at that time. I mean, I, I get, so he used, he used himself as a, a guinea pig to, uh, yeah. to test the theory that like treats like. I mean, it, yeah. without, without being too flippant. It's kind of like suffering a hangover and, and curing it with um, with another drink. Yeah, well, that's, yeah, yeah. That's I mean, true. it's a similar concept to mm. that. And yeah, he did. And and you know, and the other thing about Hahnemann that I always have to remind myself is that he was a strict German scientist, <laughs> and he documented everything. He was, I mean, he was a chemist. So I mean, it really came from a very strong scientific background, and then. I can tell you in, in, in U.S., when he, when Hahnemann, uh, when, I'm sorry, when homeopathy spread to the United States, um, it, the first homeopathic, I'm sorry, the first medical association that was established, which was in 1940, uh, 1844, was homeopathic. Is that right? Yeah. So why, why is homeopathy then um, steeped in um, mysticism for most people? It's, um, it's, it's kind of like um, white man's magic in a way. It's, uh, it's not well understood. It's, yeah. it's something that uh, most people would scratch their head uh, about and think, well, that's just mumbo jumbo. Why is it that that is the general perception when it has such a, such a strong history? Yeah, I mean, that's, a, that's the golden question, isn't it? I think that it, it, is, it is attacked so much, and people are so skeptical, because I was one of the skeptics, um, is because it seems implausible. Because the remedies, most of the remedies are so highly diluted that there's nothing left in the water because it's diluted you know, beyond the point where there's any molecules even left in the water. So there's there's nothing in it. There's no, it seems that there's no active ingredient. And they don't yet understand how it works. So for most... They don't understand the mechanism of action. But what you've just described is, um, is similar to a placebo. No. And I'm going to tell you why I act, say no. First of all, all medicine has a placebo element, absolutely. Homeopathy, conventional medicine, you know, there's always a strong, uh, the mind is powerful, and there's a strong placebo element. However, if you give the wrong remedy, it's probably not going to work. Right. And, in, you know, people have taken three, four, five remedies, and finally one works. So you explain that to me, and you explain where placebo. And the other story that I tell is a mother goes to a conventional doctor and has a kid with an earache. What does he do? He gives her antibiotics. She believes in these antibiotics. What happens? The earache keeps coming back. So that should have worked because she believes that the medicine was going to work. Then she goes to a homeopath, doesn't really know what it even is, and it works. So you tell me where placebo is in that story. Well, I, well, I can't, but are these, th- these, <laughs> these are obviously things that you, I mean, you, by your own admission, you're a skeptic, but these are things I presume you discovered in the making yeah. of your documentary. Yes. Well, how can and, you and explain I, it? What was well, oh, how I can mean, you explain of, it? Well, I mean, that's why I said I, I, I think all medicine has placebo. And so I kind of take it off the table because it's like, okay, they do. They all do. But there's something else going on. And then they start doing experiments on plants. In my film, we have at the very end someone who works in agriculture, and he says, what, do you, what am I doing here? And he did a whole study on plants, and he got the result. They thought it was a chemical treatment he was using. It's used on animals. It's used on babies. It's used on so many people that don't even know what they're taking, and it gets people well. So I really feel like it's... Uh, you know, I don't think it's placebo because of those reasons. I don't know why it would be placebo. And that's why I say if placebo really works, then conventional medicine would also work for the same individual. So do you think you're any closer to understanding after nine years of this journey that you've had? Yeah. Are you any closer to understanding why? <laughs> why it works? Yeah. You know, I, I'm not any closer because the scientists, they're all working on it. They're putting pieces of the puzzle together. They're coming up with various theories. They're seeing it work in Petri dishes. They're doing actually 
tested with dyes that they can actually see it work. So I'm in a place where I actually know it works, but I'm not sure why it works. Do you think the skeptic lobby is because of the um, of um, pharmaceutical companies? You know, everybody asks me that question, and I I can't give an answer because I don't I I haven't investigated that, and I I don't really have an opinion about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, every single person assumes that, but because I haven't investigated, I actually can't answer that. But one thing I can tell you that I have learned, and I think it's true, is that. Many people, and I, I totally understand why people are skeptical. They really think homeopathy is impossible. Hmm. So, therefore, it's impossible. Yeah, right. Therefore, people that practice it are charlatans, well-meaning, but charlatans nonetheless, because they're practicing medicine that's fake medicine, and people that, that go to a homeopath are being fooled. And their concern is they're not seeking real treatment and that they're actually harming their health. And so I think when you have that mindset, and, and truly they think they're doing good for the world mm. because they, they really get homeopathy is, is impossible. Mm. And so I think when you have that mindset, if you truly can accept that homeopathy works, it, it, people have what I call an ontological shock, which means their worldview is shattered. And I first experiences as honestly I was a bit naive I didn't know that there was such animosity against homeopathy I was just more curious I feel a bit like Alex in our film who's a physicist that he he got well with homeopathy and he was shocked that he did and he was curious so he started setting up this whole research institute because he was just curious and he wasn't he was surprised by the animosity and I was a bit like that and I was at a dinner party in Santa Fe New Mexico a few people they invited, and they said, oh, Laurel, talk about your film. And I just was talking about this film I'm making, homeopathy, having no idea that I'm sitting next to this Boston biologist. And he was furious at me. And he started saying, how do they believe that there's just, you know, one molecule left? And I didn't have the heart to say there's actually no molecules left. <laughs> and he, it made him so angry. And then he almost had a fight with his wife and the poor host. She's like, what have I done? And I realized I came away from that dinner really kind of somewhat enlightened of realizing that this, when you study something for so long and you're really inside that, you know, biology, scientific world, that this flies against everything you know. Yeah, it's, I mean, there's, there's so much um, yet unknown um, hearing you explain it. Um, yeah. But there's a lot unknown in regular conventional medicine as well. Um, you know, I think we have to remember that there's a lot of medicines that are patented and out there, and people don't really understand the mechanism of how they work. Mm. I mean, I, 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 my last film I made was that we had one of the people we were following had deep brain stimulation surgery, which is a pretty invasive surgery where they put electrodes in the brain and it runs down to battery packs. And, and you know what? It really works. And it's really helping people. And I was talking to like a neurobiologist about it, and, and they said, you know, we don't really know why it works. Yeah. And so I went, great. They're putting electrodes. It's a very expensive operation. It's really, really helping people. And so what if you don't know yet really the mechanism of how it works? It's helping people. So why can't you apply that same thing to homeopathy? Look, you know, it boggles, it boggles my mind that, um, that, uh, that a, a liquid – Presumably, mostly water, with no molecules of the the substance that was put right. in there in the first place, diluted to the point where there are no molecules in that liquid can actually have an effect. It just reminded me of um, Have you ever heard of Masaru Emoto? Um, yeah, who, sure. And, sure. And, and I mean, he he was quite. Uh, he claimed that human consciousness has has an effect on the the molecular right. structure sure. of water. Uh, could it be a bit of that as well? Maybe. <laughs> yeah, so we don't know. Yeah, I mean, maybe. I think that there's, I think there might be an element of that. I think there's really is something about the relationship with your homeopath. I think something actually happens mm. that's very real, you know, that there is something and, I, you know, it has something to do with that relationship and the remedy. And, I mean, I think it all plays, plays a part in it. But, again, if you choose the wrong remedy, it doesn't have much effect. 
Yeah, and that's the hardest thing in homeopathy is to pick the right remedy by it taking is. the it's symptom a picture. Very, it's a very complex, complicated medicine. And I always tell anyone that I send to a homeopath that you have to give it at least six months. Yeah, I used to, when I was in practice, I um, I ended up specialising in chronic fatigue syndrome. And mm. um, I could, to be honest with you, I could never work out. I'm the same. I don't. I don't know why it works. I've seen right. it work in my own practice, and yeah. I've seen it not work many times over. Yeah. And I think that's was probably the failing of my um, study of remedies because there there is so many remedies. It's not like there's ten. There's like that's right. There's <laughs> and they keep making more all the time. And and, and, and I you know I yeah. stopped practicing eventually, um, but I used to call myself a witch doctor. To most yeah, of my patients. Yeah. Well, the, the, the other thing that, you know, again, I've heard from, from homeopaths when they don't get it and they can't get someone well, and they usually say it's the fault of the practitioner, it's not the fault of the medicine. Hmm. Well, it's about to ask. With that said, I really have to say it's not, it doesn't work for everything all the time. It's not, there's no medicine that does that. Hmm. Yeah, that's you know? right. And it's it, it, one person, we had this, this quote from someone that was earlier in an earlier trailer, didn't make it into the film, where someone says, you know, it's, it's basically, it's not a miracle. It doesn't work for everything. You know, it's, it, it works for a lot, but we'd be crazy to say, now I'm not remembering the exact quote, but we'd be crazy to say that it works for everything all the time. It doesn't. But presumably. But, presu- but it does work for a lot of things that conventional medicine can't help. Right. And, and presumably you saw it work enough times in the making of your, or in the last several years of your life, but also in the making of your documentary that makes you believe that it actually has has um, credibility. I don't think it's a belief. I think it's a knowledge. I know it has credibility. Right. Now, I, I have heard, I, just today I'm here in Adelaide, the person I'm hosting me, you know, in her home, she told me three dramatic stories in the course of an hour. You know, in the course of since I've been here, and 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 then last night, oh my God, at the screening, this is one of the best moments in the screening. This guy's raising his hands. There's a huge packed audience. I can barely see everyone out there. This guy raises his hand, really has to talk, and he says, "I." He was in the war. He was in some war. He was blah blah blah, and he goes, "I used to call homeopathy homeopathetic." Right? <laughs> homeopathetic, and he told a story that he had. He had PTSD from being in the war, and then he had had to, and then he started developing. I think it was all these skin rashes and I mean really bad symptoms. And he used to have to carry he's a pilot carrying EpiPen with him, and he's been completely cured. And he just like, yelled out to the audience, "Homeopathy works." That's wow. fantastic. That was, that, yeah. that would have been a fantastic moment. Unbelievable. And I went, "Where's my camera?" Yeah. I mean, that, that kind of thing is so incredible. It was hysterical. It was homeopathetic, and he thought it was the stupidest medicine. <laughs> and that's usually where people start. So, Laurel. Until they had the experience. So, Laurel, um, you're in Adelaide, and uh, yeah. and the and the movies. I take it's going well. I, um, how we found you is I saw you on one of the morning programs, yeah. and yeah. instantly went, "We need to interview this lady." Mm. Yeah. Um, how far is your? I, I noticed that you've already done most of the world. Um, have you got? No, much? No, no, that's not true. Oh, okay. We're just getting started. It's just coming out of the gate. We had an opening in London. Yep. And then we had a few screenings there, um, but we were really set on doing this Australia tour. And this is actually, in a lot of, this is really our big push. This is the first time we've done, like, a very concerted effort to do a tour. And it's going all around Australia, way far beyond any expectation I could have had. We're working with this organization. But let me let me just back up a bit and explain how we're distributing it right sure. now. yep. Right. This is what I'm calling, this is the theatrical window. And it's like a release of any film. It starts in the theaters first. And if there's a reason why I'm doing it this way is I really want people to see it in a crowd. I want them to have a discussion. I want love, love skeptics, you know, people that are skeptical, not people that are, you know, debunking and, and wanting to knock homeopathy, but really who are skeptical about it and not sure about it. Those are the people I want to come more and more to the screening. And ask questions. The film is about, it's a launching point to be, have a discussion about not just homeopathy, but about other complementary medicines. And so the screenings have been amazing. And so how I funded this film, I didn't get any grants. 
I wasn't able to get one grant for this film, and I always get grants. And so it was funded completely by what is called crowdfunding and people around the world that gave money to this film for the course of eight years. And I'm distributing it in the same way in that host, it's a grassroots distribution right now, host decide they want to do a screening here in Australia. They go to this company that we're using called Sandforce, and they say, I want to do a screening. Here's the cinema I want to use. Sandforce does all the work. They find the cinema. They get the tickets. They do everything. It costs zero money. All you have to do is make sure you get people to buy the tickets in advance. So the certain tickets have to be sold in advance, and then it's a go, and every screening has been filled and close to sold out, if not close to selling out. And what's been happening is people feel a real sense of community. So that's what we're doing here in Australia. The tour has been amazing. I've been in every city, and there's many more screenings that are coming out of each screening. And then we're going to launch it in the U.S in September. And I'm working with a different company that does the same concept of theatrical on demand in in uh, the U.S. Well, but well, here, if you want to see it in Australia, you go to Fanforce well, um, and then book a, book, a, book a screening and get one happening in your community. I'm so curious. that's the first level. But then eventually it will be available on DVD and streaming. Sure. But my, I'm curious, uh, why such a focus on Australia first? We have a big Australia story in it. One of our most dramatic stories is, is a big Australian story. And because homeopathy and other complementary medicines are being so attacked here right now, hmm. uh, people are really using it to get the information about. Um, but you'll have to see the film to see the story, but it's an investigative story that involves Australia. So, and it was the last story we added when I thought the film was done. <laughs> and then we found out this was happening and we had to come here. So at the... Okay, at but the, the other thing I, I actually do want to make sure to say is that, it, to me, it's not just a film about homeopathy. The real message in the film is about freedom of choice. And I was very deliberate in this film to keep it as balanced as I could and to put the information out there because I truly believe homeopathy has, not, has been maligned for 200 years and is not, its story has not been told because the main character in my film is homeopathy. And so I just gave, put the information out there so people could decide for themselves. So at least they have the information. But it's not just about homeopathy. As I said, it's about freedom of choice in healthcare. And I have to give a little plug because here in Australia, they have a campaign that's going on, going on right now called Your Health, Your Choice. And I really want to encourage people to go on that website and just sign, you know, sign a petition. And they're trying to get as many names as they can on this petition. Like right now, so your health, your choice. So your um, your true passion is the freedom of choice. I take yeah. it. Yeah, I mean, at the end, I just want I want people to have the choice to choose any kind of healthcare that they want. They want to use conventional medicine. That's great. They want to use you know acupuncture or herbal medicine. It really doesn't matter. Bottom line is, I want people not to suffer. Okay. <laughs> so let, I let, want what, them to have the choices what to do. Yeah. So let's uh, let's talk a little bit about what drives you, what's driven you for nine years. Is it the freedom of choice? Is that the behind That's it? That's a really great question. I think what has driven me, other than you know being completely obsessed with finishing this film, is I have a lot of people in my life that suffer. Like most people have something that's a chronic illness or this or that, hmm. and I have seen and heard this system of medicine, of homeopathy, helps so many people. And so I really wanted them to know that it was a healthcare option for them. And I think that is what kept driving me. And then simultaneously to that, I also saw how the media spun the information on homeopathy so many times. And I feel like it didn't have a chance. I feel like the information was not getting out there. So it was those two things happening kind of simultaneously that I just felt really passionate about. I have to actually do my best to get the information out there. Okay. Okay. Well, let's not go down the road of conspiracy yeah. theories, but let, let me ask you uh, this question then. Uh, what would you say to all the skeptics out there? Come watch the film. <laughs> Come good, watch the film and answer. talk and ask questions and talk in a live. I'm very serious. Ask questions. Ask your most difficult questions and let people try to respond and get a dialogue going because you know what? I'm sick of the polarization. I really am, and I just want to actually bring people together. I think we all want the same thing. We want people to get well. 
Yeah. Right? So I think- why are we not all working together? Why is it so fragmented? And so I encourage, you know, people, and I just say people that are skeptical about homeopathy, not the people that are fighting to discredit it. I mean, they, they could watch it, but I mean, they're invited too. But most people start as skeptics with homeopathy. I would say 99% people start as skeptics. Those are the people we want to come. Bring your questions, bring your concerns, bring your experiences, and then talk about them with people. You know what I mean? Get a dialogue going. That's my dream. So Laurel, um, um, do you, at your screenings do you have do you have a panel after the movie with, yeah, with homeopaths? Yeah. Well, I, I talk with when I'm here. I mean, I if you see, I can yap forever, but um, mm. <laughs> I talk with every screening that I'm at, and everyone else, every every single screening has had at least one person, if not a panel, talking. Fantastic. So, um, what's next for you, Laurel? Well, um, and then let me just add to that, because every screening I see is an event. It's not just going to a movie. But what's next is I'm spending the next two years distributing this film. Wow. wow that's um, a very international film. I'm doing everything I can to get it out there and to keep building on what we're doing. Um, because I, get, I wake up every morning with emails from all over the world. Some country somewhere wants to subtitle it in their country, and how do I bring it there? And and I'm managing the world, and I'm doing it all by myself. <laughs> so I always say, you guys out there, anyone who wants to film, you're my amplifiers. Help me get it out there. Well, well, hopefully, uh, in some small way, we'll contribute to getting yeah. it out there for you because um, yeah. on Float Your Boat, we're all about great stories and passion um, and inspiring stories and certainly yours is an inspiring story that you've managed to maintain nine years of, of um, yes indeed determination to get this movie out there I, I yeah, do I mean, people ask me all the time like how do you survive because I haven't paid myself what? very much at all oh. if anything and I used to say I live on air and then I said well actually I live on Airbnb <laughs> <laughs> and when I travel I rent out my apartment you know and that's kind of how I was surviving for a long time <laughs> you should try. You should try a bit of a bit of my last diet, which was air mixed with water. It works very well, very effective. Uh, but but Laurel, um, so you're 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 building up a groundswell of support and interested people. Um, what can people do, or what are you going to do with that um, that coalescing of of energy? Wow. That, well, that's a really good question. As I said, the first tier is really go to your health, your choice. That's one step here in Australia. Yes. Actually, it's an international. Anyone could, could join that campaign, but it's for Australia. Um, what I, I really sit with that question. Really, what I hope is that, that we can go to the, uh, see the bigger picture and go beyond the fight and go to a place where people actually can honor and recognize the source of medicine and all complementary medicine and to have it be an integrated part of our healthcare system. I mean, isn't that the ultimate dream? It's just a real integration of medicine. Sure. I mean, that's always been my dream. I wanted it for myself. I always felt fragmented. You know, I'd go to a conventional doctor, I'd go to a you know, a non-conventional doctor, and nobody was talking to one another. Mm. My dream, my ultimate dream, is to have an integration of medicine. Have there's so many times homeopathy works really well side by side conventional medicine. You oh. know, and have the two practitioners working together, and it's all about the patient, isn't it? It is. Yeah, it, is. it is. So, so uh, you you have a website, don't you, Laurel? Yes. Just one drop film dot com. Awesome. <laughs> I have a website. I have a Facebook page and a Facebook group that's very active. Great. Just one drop film. So we we would encourage our listeners if they um, if they and um, go to my, go, get on my mailing. Fantastic. And on my website, it tells you how to host the screening anywhere in the world. Laurel, it's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you today, and um, good luck. Moving forward, and if if yes, if us float your boats can help you in any way moving forward later on, if you uh, if you need to get a message out there, we're happy to get you back on at some point, maybe maybe in a year's time, and see how you're going with all of this. Oh, that's great! You know, maybe once we do the DVD streaming release, oh, know, that'd be great. That'd be great. Where is this gonna um this interview going to be? This will go out to, uh, all, well, all the favourite um, podcasting apps, iTunes, Stitcher, 
um, SoundCloud, etc. Um, oh, well, definitely give me a link, yeah? Yeah, oh, we will. Of we'll course. send it to you, yeah, for sure. And uh, we've got some photos, etc. of you, which we'll put a story up. Oh, really? Before. What photos do you have? Uh, I, I'm the master of Google, you see. Actually, I want to send we've, you a link. I have a link of photos that might be better than what you're finding on Google. We no. found you. We found you in a bikini from when you were eighteen. Oh, right, I'm sure you didn't. <laughs> but I'll send you a link that actually might be helpful for you. Um, Great. Because yeah, it, it might narrow down some of your choices. Great. I have a bunch of photos I put on it. Thank, thanks, Laurel. We'll we'll okay, let you, we'll let you go now and uh, keep on traveling. Well, thank you so much, Laurel. Okay. Take care. Okay, bye bye. Bye now. It's a very, very... 